the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Three of the big crypto themes to watch out for in 2022 are gaming, Web3, and DeFi. Gaming coins like Decentraland, Sandbox, Axie Infinity, and Gala have performed exceptionally over the last year, with some, like Sandbox, gaining more than 3,000% in 12 months. So what's the deal here? People playing games and earning rewards at the same time, some even becoming millionaires. Then you've got DeFi, this rather fascinating offshoot of blockchain technology that allows people to lend, earn interest on their cryptos and do a whole lot of other things that you can't do in the traditional finance space. And what's Web3, you might ask? Well, the current version of the internet is loosely called Web2, and it allows people to post things in the public square and do a whole lot more. Web3 is all about privacy, peer-to-peer -peer interactions, encryption, and making money. Now, who better to help sort out what all this means but Brett Hope Robertson, who is investment analyst at Revix. Brett, welcome back to MoneyWeb Crypto. You'd be a familiar voice to some of our MoneyWeb Crypto listeners. I'd like to hear your take on Web3 and what's all the excitement about this? And most importantly, how does this tie back into cryptos? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Kieran. Um, it's been a while. But yeah, with regards to your question about Web3, you know, Web3 is this fascinating one and it's actually amassing a lot of interest at the moment as you so rightly said you know the definition of web3 kind of varies between people that you ask some say you know it's just crypto rebranded others say it's the metaverse but as you said the principle of it the overarching principle of it is about ownership and by that i mean you know this is a version of the web that is owned and operated by the users rather than big corporates like facebook or now as it's known meta um, because under Web 2, the internet became more social, right? It was about uh, internet users were kind of encouraged to connect with each other through social networking services and blogs, which kind of led to the creation of this mass amount of data and content. But however, this data and content was largely controlled by a small group of you know, tech giants, as I mentioned, maybe an Amazon and Apple and Microsoft and the likes. And so we've kind of seen in the you know, current times, these have created privacy issues. Um, and these big corporates are getting under the microscope a bit. As users are feeling, you know, their freedoms are a bit under pressure, their personal data, their business data, even their financial data is kind of up for grabs. Um, and the problem kind of goes a bit further, you know, a server could go down, the company operating these services kind of decides how to use your data, which and where they want to. And if someone hacks it, or hacks the server, um, for example, that, that this data is stored on, that's kind of you out of luck, right? So this is where Web3 kind of steps in um, and it kind of ties into crypto and the whole idea of ownership and self-sovereignty, which was kind of brought together all by Bitcoin and blockchain technology. So through blockchain, Web3 kind of allows you to own a piece of the network itself. And by being an owner of some of these tokens, you empower the network, you help the governance of the network and you actually help contribute and votes to the actual building of these platforms and how the data gets shared. Um, so you can see how easy it is for crypto to be a crucial part of the creation of this new generation of the web. And it's very on trend as we've seen, you know, with, as I said, a lot of the big tech kind of under scrutiny at the moment with, regard, with regards to data collection and data use. Okay, what about DeFi? Revix already has a bundle, which is called the Smart Contracts Bundle, where you can get a basket of the top DeFi cryptocurrencies. 
Just talk about that because there's a huge amount of development that's happened in this area in the last couple of years. And this is really kind of, if you know, people were saying that the blockchain was a solution without a problem. Uh, I think they found the problem in, in terms of, you know, financial services that are too costly, uh, transactions that take too long. Uh, t- tell us about where DeFi is going. Yeah. So, I mean, before we get into this, you got to remember, you know, DeFi, uh, gaming, Web3, all these kind of topics we, we, we kind of mentioned or touched on, all are built with, with smart contracts. And they're all built on smart contract capable blockchains like Ethereum. And this is kind of where Rebex decides to focus and giving its clients access to the sector um, that creates the most value. And we rightly think that it's you know, smart contracts and as you say, DeFi. So to your question about DeFi, look, it's one of the most fascinating sectors in the crypto space, hands down. I mean, it's literally rebuilding a financial system, as you said, and making it entirely fair, transparent, and efficient, right? And by efficient, I mean less costly and faster transactions. Um, but as we said, DeFi is kind of powered by smart contracts. And for some of your listeners, I mean, a smart contract is essentially just an automated contract that triggers a certain event when certain conditions are met. And it's all kind of powered by codes, there's no third party. But these smart contracts are being used in DeFi now to solve a multitude of issues that we face around the world, right? There is, you know, the unbanked, which is nearly 2 billion people or a quarter of the world is unbanked at the moment. This kind of solves that issue, giving them power to transfer value without the means of a, of a bank account. Um, there's the remittance issue around the world, which is around north of $1 trillion, and it's costing some African countries you know, 15% to send money back home. It's kind of just a crazy number. Um, we've also seen you know, discriminatory monetary practices kind of playing out in the world today, where monetary printing is making you lose fiat value, and crypto can kind of solve this, or DeFi can kind of solve this. You know, the protocol is set to distribute tokens at a predetermined rate. Then you also have you know, things like tokenization that are solving the big backlog of, you know, many millennials can't buy big ticket investments nowadays like real estate. It's just too expensive. Um, so tokenization allows you to kind of buy a portion of that as, as an investment. And then you've got the classic things that DeFi is trying to disrupt, like your lending and borrowing, your asset management and, and the likes. The fascinating thing about DeFi, especially over the last year is, you know, DeFi metrics skyrocketed. So when I say metrics, I'm talking about the amount of value locked into these smart contracts. Um, went from about $17 billion to $300 billion, while the DeFi tokens themselves actually kind of had subpar returns for you. And this really excites me because when the underlying metrics of something is growing at such a fast pace, but the price hasn't kind of caught up, that's an opportunity. Um, and with regards to you know, this sector, this is why Redex is currently pursuing the build-out of a DeFi bundle um, to give our clients access to this opportunity. So it's a very, very interesting space, and it's one that I think is going to be hugely uh, beneficial in the future. And this is why we're kind of seeing a lot of venture capital firms throwing a lot of money behind the DeFi space. And with regards to Redix's bundle, I think uh, people should watch the space coming in the coming months because the DeFi bundle is on its way. A DeFi bundle as distinct from a smart contract bundle? Yes. So a DeFi bundle will house the top 10 DeFi uh, crypto assets. Our smart contract bundle is housing the top smart contract-based platforms or blockchains. Okay, now talk for a minute about the general state of the crypto market. Bitcoin hit an all-time high in November last year, then it pulled back about 52% from that peak. 
And then, it, you know, having done that, it then climbed 25% in a matter of weeks. So it's really looked at this reputation as being one of the most volatile assets that there, there are around. Ethereum performed similarly. Uh, then you've got gaming coins. We, I mentioned in the intro, some of these gaming coins like the Sandbox have just been, you know, tearing the, 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 the shooting the lights out, should I say. What is going on here? Where is the, the momentum shifting in the crypto space? Yeah, so look, the whole crypto space in general, the market's kind of growing up, right? Um, and there's a lot of money and interest kind of flowing into the crypto space from the traditional asset side. And now you can kind of see crypto markets starting to act more like a traditional asset. Um, and with that being said, you know, that means that macro environments and macro factors start to affect this. And we've kind of seen these headwinds. Um, when you mentioned, you know, we've pulled back quite heavily. Uh, we've seen this with interest rate hikes, inflation, supply chain issues that have all kind of been pestering around the world at the moment. And this is filtered into traditional assets. I mean, you've seen S&P pull back as well. And it's starting to filter into the price action of crypto. And crypto is kind of starting to act like a tech stock. I mean, yes, I wish I had a crystal ball and could see where we're going to from here. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, this environment is starting to act more like a traditional asset, but a lot of people are very, let's say, nervous about, you know, interest rate hikes coming, and this should be very bad for crypto historically in tech stocks. But if I look back in history, crypto actually has not been affected by interest rate hikes that much at all. Um, I actually went back and looked to 2016 to 2018 and where there was on Bitcoin charts where there was over seven hikes in the US. And funny enough, you know, if you had held from the beginning of the hikes, um, from the hike rate cycle to the end, you actually were up 740%. So it seems to have kind of little effect. So I don't think people should, should worry about that too much. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that say to you, well, you know, it's acting like tech stocks. So go look at, you know, the NASDAQ during the 2000s when there was interest rate hikes. And you look at that exact same thing. And it was actually positive for the NASDAQ until about the fourth to fifth rate hike where kind of contraction starts to take place. So on a macro kind of view, I think, you know, crypto is still a great long-term hold. Um, a lot of people back crypto to be a, a store of value or a safe haven asset. And this should hold up in these kind of times anyway, um, regardless if there's tail risk events like Russia, Ukraine or supply chain woes. Um, but you did mention, you know, the, the gaming tokens and how, how crazy these returns have kind of been. And you do get shifts in the market. Sometimes, you know, the hype moves to DeFi tokens and it moves into gaming and it moves into smart contract. It's kind of where the hype moves. And uh, over the last time we have seen these gaming tokens kind of take over. And that's because, you know, most people maybe not haven't heard of Axie Infinity, but it's basically a Pokemon-esque game where you can battle with your creatures that you've bought called Axies. But what's bigger than this is it's kind of single-handedly helped hundreds of thousands of people, especially out of the Philippines, generate income. I mean, they basically can go on and lend or lend, borrow um, these Axies from certain people and play with them and earn. And if they win in a battle, for example, they actually earn part of the reward. And it's, it's actually funding a lot of people out of the Philippines to actually earn income. So this has kind of generated a whole new area where you can actually game and, and create you know, a living off it. Um, so that's kind of where we're seeing a lot of the, the flows go. And with regards to gaming coins, you know, there's huge revenues off these platforms. So a lot of traditional finance people are, 
able to value these kind of tokens um, off you know discounted cash flow models and this kind of helps investors be more positive on the long term view on these gaming tokens against you know some obscure cryptocurrency that has no kind of cash flow attached to it right this of course is a bit of a game changer the fact that you have these cryptos that are now generating some form of revenue some form of earnings so the discounted cash flow models are being applied to them and being applied, I guess you're using tech stocks as a sort of a benchmark to show where these things might be going in the future. Uh, just a, a point on Bitcoin. I noticed in the last few days, Bitcoin has been firming a little bit, not tremendously, but a little bit. And it seems to be related to what's going on in Canada with the, the truckers and the, the strike there. Um, what appears to have happened is the Canadian government has blocked funding for these truckers through traditional fiat means like GoFundMe and so on. Um, and people are now uh, finding alternatives using using cryptos and Bitcoin, which, of course, cannot be regulated. The, the Canadian government may try, but they cannot actually physically enforce those laws. What do you think about that? I mean, you know, as Bitcoin as a, you know, back to its revolutionary roots is a way of sidestepping you know, misbehavior if you perceive it that way by the governments and by central banks. Yeah. So look, I mean, I think that might have played a role with regards to this this bump up in price. I don't think it's the be all or end all, but crypto at its base, right, is a is a means of transferring value. So whenever there is a governmental roadblock in that process being the case, people will always try to find a new means and Right now, with the access that you can get to, to crypto right on your cell phone, right on an app or whatever, um, people will naturally flock to that as the next, the next port of call, so to speak. And I mean, you can transfer value at the click of a button, huge sums at, at values of cents. So it's, it's good to see that, you know, Bitcoin hasn't kind of lost its shine as a, as a base kind of currency. Um, so yeah, I do agree that that, that could have been a, a factor in it. We've also seen, you know, the market's kind of run out of a bit of negative momentum. We went through a lot of neg negative momentum for the last few months, and there's been a couple of events that have kind of turned this market around. I mean, we're starting to see adoption pretty much everywhere uh, in the crypto market again. I mean, even, for example, the, the Super Bowl, Bowl over the weekend, uh, crypto kind of dominated the headlines and out, of that, out of that event, and no one actually is even speaking about who won or who lost. They're all speaking about the crypto ads that came out of it. So I mean, I can kind of see how this momentum in this market is trying to shift back, um, and we're seeing yeah, a lot of big companies, a lot of countries, actually start to loosen restrictions and start to rather accept than than reject. Are there any other themes that we should be looking out for in 2022 apart from gaming and Web three and DeFi? Yeah. So look, I mean, we've kind of picked on the the obvious kind of themes. I mean. For us, it is, it's Web3, it's gaming, it's smart contracts, it's DeFi. These are, we kind of look at this purely based on the flows that are coming in um, and the need from customers. Um, I mean, VCs are pouring in huge amounts of money into these areas. And that's kind of, you know, there's the age old saying, you kind of follow the smart money um, because that's where they're placing their bets. But it, it is really hard to kind of pick a winner um, in these sectors. So that's why at RevX, we decide to, you know, rather let you invest in either the cryptocurrency market as a whole through the top 10 or a smart contract bundle where you can invest in the, you know, the top smart contract players and obviously soon to be DeFi bundle. Um, but yeah, those are the, the main areas we are focusing on at the moment is gaming, Web3, smart contracts and DeFi. 
And hopefully we are going to um, bring out bundles for each of these, these uh, sectors in the future. Okay. Look forward to hearing more about that. One of the things that I think is definitely a theme for this year is regulation. And uh, it's already been announced by a lot of governments around the world. They are going to regulate cryptos. It's just how they're going to do it and how, you know, is it going to be severe? Is it going to be light touch? And there does seem to be a sort of preponderance of light touch uh, authorities out there. We've seen KPMG Canada adding cryptos to their corporate treasury. And there's been some encouraging news out of the US to do with the taxation of cryptos. You want to walk us through some of the big news flashes of the last few weeks that caught your attention? Yeah. So with regards to regulation, look, it's definitely on its way around the world. And I mean, we at Revix kind of see this as a huge positive for the industry. You, the quicker you can legitimize the asset class, the better it is for clients, the better it is for companies to expand. And then, you know, you start to not see these scams like mirror trading or Afri crypto and these kind of things that are actually, you know, tarnishing the industry and actually stealing people's, people's money at the end of the day. I mean, Revix is kind of working really hard to have world-class security and get the regulation in place. And that's kind of why we did our proof of reserve audit and we're pretty much the first in Africa to do it where we got Mazars to independently audit our, our books um, to basically show that you know, the assets we hold are the assets on behalf of the customer and we fully match that. And that kind of happens every quarter because we decided you know, there's a lot of regulation going out there, but it's very focused on you know, anti-money laundering and they're kind of completely missing the aspect of storage. So we think you know, the most important thing is that these crypto companies are actually holding the assets that they say they're holding because that's kind of the most important thing to the end consumer, right? But then, as I said, as you mentioned now, with regards to you know, the biggest news flashes over the last few weeks, you know, as I've just mentioned earlier, we had the Super Bowl, which I find it fascinating how everyone's speaking about the crypto ad and not actually speaking about who actually won the Super Bowl. <laughs> then, as you rightfully mentioned, you know, KPMG adding Bitcoin and ETH to the treasury, I think this was a huge thing. I mean, these are the guys whose bread and butter is company treasuries and accounting policy. And there's always been this kind of iffy thing about adding crypto to your balance sheet because of the way you had to account for it as an intangible asset, um, which only lets you kind of write down the asset and not realize the value of it on the way up. But then, as I say, here comes along KPMG, the guys whose bread and butter this is, and they've added it. So I think that that's a big positive sign. We've also seen you know, other countries Thailand has just dropped its proposed tax on crypto. Uh, India was planning to ban crypto and just decided now, no, we're going to tax it instead. Russia, again, also wanted to outright ban crypto and have kind of come out and said, no, we actually need to start to treat it as a currency. So these countries are, are, are starting to turn towards a pro-crypto stance and adoption is kind of everywhere at the moment. And that, those are the kind of the main things I've seen over the last few weeks. Interesting. and. Uh... What can we expect from Revix in the coming weeks and months? You've mentioned you're going to have some new additions to your bundles. And for those who don't know, I think Revix currently has three different bundles. One, the top 10, where you, your investment is spread over the top 10 cryptos measured by market cap. And that's equally weighted, 10% in each. And then you've got the smart contracts bundle, which I think has got five cryptos in it, all focused on uh, smart contracts. And then you've got the payments bundle. Um, so what else can we expect? Um, so at the moment, we actually have a really exciting promotion that's going, that's live from the 16th of February to the 28th, where Revix is actually offering 
you know, you, the, the person or the client, um, the opportunity to invest in any of our bundles without risk of loss for that period, the 16th to the 28th. What I mean by this is basically, if you have to sign up as a, as a customer, a new customer with the promo code cover, and you invested 5,000 Rand into the smart contracts bundle or the top 10 bundle or the payments bundle between the 16th to the 20, 28th of February, during that entire period, as soon as you bought it, we would cover any loss that you would take. So it's a, a risk-free entry um, for that period of time. With regards to our product plans for you know 2022, we it's it's going to be a major year. We're adding multiple you know new single assets, new bundles, savings vaults, even thematic uh, ETFs will be coming. And our goal is kind of to best equip our customers with the best range of possible assets to get the best exposure to crypto space and actually the traditional finance space. So on our theme based like ETF products you will essentially kind of fill the role of a thematic ETF so people can invest in, you know, gaming or AI or electric vehicles, what kind of theme they, they believe will be big in the future. And we kind of aiming to have those products out later on in the year. Um, with regards to what's kind of coming shortly, I mean, we don't want to give away too much, but we are releasing two new single assets by the end of this month. And in the next month of March, hopefully we will have our DeFi bundle. Okay, so a thematic thematic uh, ETF would be an example of that would be gaming coins. So it would be an investment product which divides your investment into a number of different gaming coins. Have I got that right? So a thematic ETF will actually be uh, the gaming or AI sector itself. So it's a proper ETF in traditional finance terms. So if you want to buy electric vehicle ETF that's you know registered on the S and P five hundred or the S and uh, the S and P exchange or any kind of US exchange, we will we are creating a South African RAND-based tracker of those ETFs. I got it. I got it. Okay. And and then you're going to be launching some single assets as well. So some of the ones, single assets you've got already would include like the likes of Solana and Ethereum. Solana, Ethereum, Polkadot, Uniswap, uh, Binance Coin and the likes. But we have two that are coming in the next two weeks. Okay. Well, we look forward to hearing more about what that's going to be. No doubt you're keeping that under wraps at the moment, um, but you'll come back and tell us when you're ready to announce it. Yeah, well. Brett Hope Robertson, investment analyst at Revix. We're going to leave it there. Thanks very much for sharing your insights and also telling us what's in the pipeline from Revix over the coming year. Cheers, man. Thanks so much for having me on, Kieran. For listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.